Hey, Zach here, and before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that you can actually grab the recordings of our most recent Facebook and Instagram ads for List Building Bootcamp for just $25. Now, in January of 2024, we hosted a five-day live training where we walked our clients through step-by-step how to set up ads that grow their email list every single day so that they're always growing their business, always growing their audience, and always having new people to make offers to. Now, what's really great about this bootcamp is we have literally dozens of client results from it, and you can get the recordings of that most recent one from January of 2024 for just 25 bucks. All you have to do is head to theadsbootcamp.com. Again, that's theadsbootcamp.com. And you're going to learn step-by-step through how people were able to grow their list. Um, We have incredible results like Zeta, who added 67 leads to her list in just five days at $1.80 a piece, or Nora Jean, who added 62 leads for $1.12 in those five days. We have Brenda, who added over 500 people to her list over the course of a week, under $0.50 a piece. Uh, Heather Lalonde who did over 200 leads at 50 cents a piece. Amy Hughes, who added over 300 leads in a week. I mean, the list goes on and on. And those are just our January testimonials. We have even more than that, plus testimonials from the last seven times we've done this. And we would love to have you in next. So if you head over to theadsbootcamp.com, you can grab the recordings for just 25 bucks. It'll walk you step-by-step through growing your list. And in less than five days, you could have tons of new leads pouring into your list every day, semi-automated with Facebook advertising. So check it out and let's get into this week's episode. Hey there, you're listening to the Heart, Soul & Hustle podcast. My name is Zach Spuckler and on this show we talk about how to go from passionate side hustler to full-time online business owner with tips, tricks, and interviews to help you take it to the next level. Let's do it. up hustlers i am really really excited for this episode like ridiculously excited because prior to working with james i was running a much different business and prior to working with james i had never spent the kind of money i spent to be part of his mastermind and i was really really excited that i was able to get him to be on the show and i shouldn't even say that he agreed to be on the show without any resistance because He is one of the most insightful, giving people that I've ever had the pleasure of working with in a capacity like this. And I just asked him to come on the show today and just talk about some awesome stuff. And you guys probably know James Wedmore as like the video guy. Like he is the video king. YouTube, that's James, right? The two are like synonymous, James Wedmore and YouTube. But I asked James to come on the show and I asked him to talk about something a little different. And I asked him to talk about building momentum in your business. Now, the momentum that Heart, Soul, and Hustle has experienced in the first quarter of 2016 alone has been incredible. At the time that I'm recording this, we're about halfway through April, and we've basically matched our numbers through last year. So in a third of the year, we've matched our numbers from last year, and we're only continuing to see positive momentum. And I really do attribute a lot of that to being a part of James's mastermind. So I asked him to come on the show and talk a little bit about, you know, what really 
do you need to do to move forward? And we talk about some really amazing stuff. And I just want you to be really present for this episode because it's a little different. It's a little different than the other episodes where we talk like launch strategies and Facebook ads. But honestly, one of the best episodes I've recorded to date. And we totally run long. And I'm letting you know now that you're probably going to be listening to this one a little longer than normal. But when I have the honor of having somebody who's been in the game and has seen the levels of success that James has, I don't mind if he wants to run a little over our 25 minute standard. So Right before we jump into today's interview, I just want to remind you that if you haven't already, make sure you head over to heartsoulhustle.com forward slash class and get yourself signed up for our free Periscope training. Now, for those of you that don't know, we leverage Periscope into a six-figure business in our first six months there, and we put together a free class that shows you exactly how we did that. It's going to show you how to get your first thousand followers, exactly what you need to say to get people buying from you, how we did $10,000 in our first 30 days on the platform, and lots of other amazing content. So make sure you get yourself registered for that free training over at heartsoulhustle.com forward slash class. Now, without further ado, let me introduce you to James Wedmore. Hey, James. Thanks so much for coming on today. Zach the Spuck Spuckler. Is that what they call you? The Spuck? They did in college, believe it or not. Really? I knew it. I knew it. I'm <laughs> going to start calling you the Spuck. You've it's been waiting be to pull that out. <laughs> I have. I have. You got me. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Well, thanks for being on today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and what you do? Yeah. So in 2007, I had the brilliant idea of creating an online bartending school called Bartend for Profit. I made my very first sale on the internet in April 18th, 2008. Person bought program in Arlington, Texas, 200 bucks. That was the day that forever changed my life because that was the day you realize, oh my gosh, this crazy harebrained idea works. There's proof. Here's the money in the bank. At the bottom of the order form, it said, how'd you hear about us? And they said, YouTube video. And so I just became obsessed. I went to film school. So I was really passionate about video. And like, here was me already profiting from a passion kind of accidentally. And so from that moment on, my entire journey has been about obsessing about things like online video, YouTube, how to sell with video, how to build a business around video. And ultimately, primarily what I've been doing is teaching everything I've learned about it over the past seven or eight years at this point. That's me in a nutshell. Awesome. And I'm sure that most people know a lot about you, but how has your business kind of evolved? You know, you said you started back with the bartending, you moved into YouTube. What kind of, you know, traffic and numbers and things like that do you see now? Yeah. So our email list is like 180,000 subscribers. My YouTube channel has seven point something million views. We just released a podcast three months ago that has about 115,000 downloads on it. So things have evolved. It was me in my parents' basement. That's always the big joke of me working out of my parents' basement, like rent-free, living off of Subway sandwiches, me and a virtual assistant in the Philippines that I paid $2 an hour to. I have since employed his entire family. I've paid for their wedding. I've brand new computers and anything else I can pay for them. And they're still with me today. But I've also brought on my soon-to-be wife. We have a staff with two offices, a staff of five here in the office, and then like five or so other part-time or full-time people from programmers, graphic designers and stuff like that. So we have a big staff and we're just like, you know, for me, this is just my playground. I love trying and doing new stuff. You know, yesterday we got back a prototype, a 3D printed prototype of physical products that we're going to be selling on Amazon. And, you know, I think what's so great is that I was able, one of my mentors shared with me what we're going to call the bridge analogy. 
when I share it with my students, they, they love it. So this is a genius guy, his name's Carl White, and he talked about this bridge analogy where we basically, we're on an island. I'll give you the short version without the visual, where we're on an island where we are right now in this moment in time. And there we see another island next to us. And that's where all the trappings and all the things that we want, our wants, our goals, our money, you know, the new car, the new house, the new lifestyle is. And so what we do as an entrepreneur and a business owner is we start building a bridge to get to that island. And the challenge is as entrepreneurs is we get that, not you, Zach, but other people <laughs> get that shiny object syndrome. And before they finish bridge one, they go on to bridge number two, number three, number four. And so what people are left with is working really hard, working really long, putting in a lot of effort, telling the universe and God and the world, like, I deserve it because I work so hard. But at the end of the day, if you just look down, they've got like four or five or seven unfinished bridges, none of which get to that other island. And I think I was very fortunate that a long time ago, I was able to complete a bridge or two or three and then use that to continue to build other bridges, to continue to play in my business. Like the fact that I'm working with a 3D printing modeling company to conceptualize something from an idea that I had in my head. And here I am as of yesterday holding it in my hand. I don't know if this is going to make money. I don't know if I'm going to waste 20 grand on this, but what a fulfilling, exciting thing to, to let your business continue to fuel the craziness that makes us entrepreneurs, the endless ideas and opportunities that we always have. It's like, it's one thing to have that be a pipe dream. It's another thing to like fuel it and fund it. And as I get older, like I think something we should be talking about too, is that this awesome contrast between you and I, this dichotomy is that here you are this young kid where, you know, I, I'm not trying to like, call you a kid or, you know, these young whippersnappers today. But when I was your age, like you have so many hours and time is really on your side. And for me, I'm getting a little older. You, you really start to value time so much more. And I try not to work more than three hours a day. And even that's like cutting it close. Where when I remember when I was like in early mid twenties, I could be in front of a computer for 14 hours and be like, let's go. We got this. You know, I don't know where I was going with that other than we've been able to create things that give me more time back. And with that time back, we get to reignite those passions and continue to play in our businesses. And I think that's important. So I guess that's how it's evolved. That was a long answer. (laughs) No, I love it. And it's funny because before we started... I was like, oh, they're about 25, 30 minutes. And you said, good luck. And now I'm, yeah, I'm getting well, that. I see that now. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I'll give short answers. <laughs> make it really. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. So you've seen some evolution and you have seen like some massive momentum over the last few years. And it's it's been really amazing. And for those that don't know, you know, I joined your mastermind group. I've seen the massive momentum that you have created. Yeah. And, and I kind of wanted that. So that's what I'm excited to talk about is how are you able to kind of build to stick with that bridge analogy, you kind of build these bridges one at a time. But what are the, like the tricks to not starting, you know, three or four bridges, because I feel like we're always doing something like I feel so focused, and I look down and I'm my project is, you know, two blocks the other way, and I'm, I'm working on something new. So how do you get that momentum going? Okay, so you asked a couple of great questions here. How do you not build like three bridges at once. And I think the first answer to that is to believe a hundred percent, have complete faith and conviction in whatever bridge you choose to create. I think when I found myself building 10 bridges at once, 
it was because deep down, if I was being truly honest with myself, I didn't believe that what I was doing would work. Or I didn't believe that it would make enough money. And so I needed to add other things to it. And so a lot of the work I do with entrepreneurs, especially when people get to the level where they're inside our inner circle mastermind, is coming from a place of believing, of creating a a framework in their world that less is more. And so one example of this is that one of my coaching clients who leave nameless, but Zach knows, we had to struggle through a process of getting this person to say no to a lot of opportunities, like a couple of extra speaking gigs and JV webinars and another side project and another this, and to say no to all of that and really ask the question, what would happen if you gave 100% of everything you've got Dedicate it towards this one launch, this one project. And we looked at it and it's what happens is, is people will work on five or six little projects that'll, you know, five grand here, 10 grand there, here's a 15. And I was like, what if you just put everything into this one 300 to $400,000 goal project? And it could be very scary. You know, it's very scary because it's, it's the difference between saying like, here are five or 10 little projects over a course of one quarter or one project for that quarter. So it's definitely riskier and it's not for like when you start out necessarily, but that's for me what allowed the momentum to, to really get as big as it did was coming from a place of less is more. So I want to offer an analogy that I've been kind of playing around with. Okay, and, and Zach, you're going to help me kind of create this analogy because it's very new to me. I'm kind of formulating it as we go. So, awesome. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm restoring an old 1974 Volkswagen thing in my spare time. So I am a, my grandfather was a mechanic. I'm kind of a, like a grease monkey that no one knows that when I'm not on the internet doing stuff, I'm in a garage covered in grease and oil. So the, the engine, the internal combustion engine that cars have been made from since like the beginning of cars is a very inefficient, outmoded, ineffective motor. But people don't know that. That's the gasoline engine is what we've been using for a hundred some odd years. And it's not a very efficient, effective motor. But what we've done over the past hundred years is try to make that engine faster, get, you know, quicker acceleration more gas efficient, get better gas mileage and stuff like that. So we've tried to improve. We've made it bigger. We've made it smaller. We've made it quicker. We've made it faster, all these type of things. And we've gotten to where we have gotten with a hundred years of evolution of that engine. Here we are in 2016. Then someone like Elon Musk comes around and comes out with a provable electric motor. And in a simple amount of time, like just a few short years, he's been able to beat a lot of the things that, that we've been trying to improve upon with a motor that's 100 plus years old. He can get a zero to 60 quicker. He can get it way more efficient. He can get it faster. It is an extremely, extremely more efficient motor. And so I share this analogy of the combustion engine versus the Tesla motor to really demonstrate a point that a lot of times when you know someone here talks about, yeah, momentum and growth, they're trying to do more from an outdated model. They're trying to work harder and longer in a model that might not facilitate that when what we really might need is just a better model. 
you know, we might just need the more efficient Tesla model because we have to look at the things that we are limited in, which is things like time and money. How do we leverage those things properly? Right. So what I would love to just ask you, did that make sense? First of all, like my like long yeah, definitely. history of the people. <laughs> okay. So what I'd like to ask you, Zach, is like, what are some, how do I want to ask this question? Like, what are some beliefs that you have about business and about success? Like what, at the end of the day, if someone stripped you of your identity and everything, like what is it that it's at your core that you believe? Sure. So one of the big things that, that I've always believed is the best way to scale up is to create more offers. And I had that really a firm belief for a while. And I also thought like it makes it makes more sense to hustle if you can than it does to just chill back and be passive in business. You'll always make more money actively working than you ever will passively. So if someone was just starting their business right now and they were asking for like, what's some like mindset, what beliefs, like what thoughts do I need to kind of carry with me so that I know that eventually... I'll hit my goals and I'll be successful. Like, what would you start preaching to them? Probably that in the first year, it it takes a lot of work. Be really authentic and do things the way that you want to do them. That's more important than anything else. And it makes more sense to perfect one thing than to halfway on five things. I'm sorry, I'm putting you on the spot here. No, it's good. So these are great examples. And and what I want to offer to people is if our topic is really like how to create this you know, unstoppable momentum, this unstoppable force in your business that a lot of times we're coming with the wrong engine and it's as simple as replacing the engine. But what I mean by replacing the engine, a lot of times is replacing the thoughts, our perspectives, our opinions, our views and beliefs about success, about business, self-worth and value. And I think a great example of an inefficient model that people were ingrained and taught from whenever they were young kids is this concept of trading time for dollars. And that if we want to make more money, we have to work more hours. So people have literally collapsed time with money, right? And that can be a very dangerous thing. If you want more momentum, you want to make more money, you can't make more time. So you have to be able to separate those. And today, like where I really come from, especially when we talk about momentum and growth, is that time has nothing to do with money. And that we look for opportunities where we are leveraging our time to increase revenue. So one of my, I can give you so many examples of this, but we've, gosh, this is so great too. Cause you know, when you're talking about like, well, you know, create more offers. Okay. But even that limits you because how many offers can Zach himself really be creating? So what we've started to do is we've created kind of like a publishing model in our business where we publish other people who create their own offers. And we kind of have the McDonald's system or the franchise system of just follow our launch map and we'll publish you. And you create the offer, you're creating the content, you're just following our system for success. So one of my business partners who we do this with, he actually teaches people how they can create their own local business, provide a service and get paid monthly to do that. And a lot of people have a really hard time wrapping their brain around the concept of getting paid month after month after month for the same service. Like what, what additional work am I doing for this monthly? I don't understand. How can I get paid extra when it's, you know, I've already done the work and they're like, what they've still attached. How many hours I work means how much money I deserve. And I think this is one of the biggest things that we have to be able to separate and and break free from. 
his answer is nothing. You don't have to do anything else. You're just maintaining them as a client. You're just, you're just keeping them in your client list and taking care of them. You're not continuing to spend six hours a week. Every week, you're going to do these things for them. And so this is how he has leveraged his existing clients to bring in additional revenue. So that, that's one thing that I think is really looking at. The other thing we want to look at is really how we define value. And this is a very, very fascinating thing, especially since a lot of us here listening and someone like Zach is a personal brand. And a personal brand, a lifestyle brand means that one, and this is very, very fascinating, that someone is going to be attracted to Zach and his message because it's something about Zach himself. It's something about Zach's way of being. It's something about his mindset. It's something about how he spends his time. Think about this for a second. Zach himself even told me this, and I get told this all the time. I said, when Zach was interested in being a part of this mastermind, I asked him, why are you interested? Why do you want to be a part of this mastermind? And his exact words, I still remember this, by the way. Sorry, I put you on the spot here. He said, he goes, you were on a webinar and you said, I'm going to go wrap it up and go surf. He goes, I just love that you've created a business where you can put great stuff out in the world and then like stop and go do fun stuff like go surfing. And we kind of think that like we have to prove to the world that we have to work so many hours and so hard and put all this sweat equity into it so we can show everybody how much we deserve it. Like I deserve this. And instead, I look at some of the most successful people that I admire and look up to, and you guys will agree with me that you look up to them because they've created some sort of balance of priorities that resonate with you. Like, man, he's always got time for his kids. You know, he's always traveling. He's always, she's always doing this first, or she's always taking care of her health. She always looks in great shape and she's running a multi-million dollar business. Man, I want that. Your audience is not going, I'm looking for the person that has become obsessed, an obsessed workaholic that works 16 hours a day and, you know, hates their life, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so, these are the things I look at. And so even today, when we go traveling, when we go to the beach, when I have fun, I'm like, that's me portraying more of what my audience wants. And it's like, well, that's working. That, that's me working. Like, it's really a fascinating place when you can get to like, hey, we're going to go to Disneyland today. Or, hey, I'm going to go surfing. Or we're going to go travel. That's marketing. That's work. This is what you're also getting paid to do. And it's a very fascinating thing. So this is what I'm talking about we want to talk about, you know, momentum. We can talk about, sure, paid advertising and JVs and all this other stuff. That's the left brain stuff. But first, it comes from a place of really changing your model, your mental model of how you view value, success, how you view your time, how you view money, and, and what you're putting out there into the world. And I hope I've kind of touched upon some of that and got some people to kind of question it, you know, to really question whether they should be working 20 hours a day to increase their revenue. So I don't know. I talked for a while there, Zach. How did I, no, that? that was great. And I, I really like what you said about separating time from money and really understanding that. I think that big distinction is like as a personal brand, you know, a lot of the, the listeners, we are personal brands and we equate that value of that time per dollar of that sweat equity. But, you know, I can vouch for what you're saying that, you know, just recently we had a really great conversation where I was like, I don't really know if I want to offer coaching because I don't think it's worth my time and money. So we right. 
So you kind of told me, hey, step back. I restructured it to fit to what I felt good doing time-wise, price-wise, what I felt and felt good charging. And then wouldn't you know, we sold out and it's like no extra skin off my bones. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's an important piece too, to just quickly reiterate what you're saying is that we came from it from a place, which is a big mistake people make originally is they'll go, what's someone willing to pay for this? Or what do you think? Do you think people would buy this? And instead be really, really, really selfish. You got to be really selfish. There's nothing wrong with being selfish. It really isn't because, you know, there's that whole adage of like, you can't be poor enough to help poor people. You can't be sick enough to heal somebody else. You can't. You've got it as a personal brand. You are the most important thing and you've got to guard yourself. You've got to protect yourself and you can't be doing stuff that doesn't light you up, that doesn't get you excited, that doesn't keep you happy because then tomorrow when you go to write that email or put that video out there, or do that Periscope, people are going to be like, oh, dude, he's lost his mojo. What's going on with this guy? He's got a chip on his shoulder or something. So instead, we came from Zach. What would get you excited? How much money would you need to make? How much time would it need to take of you? And what would it look like for you to just be like, this is a huge win. And you reverse engineer it, you work back. Well, I'd only want to work with this small group and I'd want to make at least X amount of dollars which means each person would have to pay a minimum of this much. Great, let's put it out there and see what happens. Now, I want to say another thing because it kind of came up and I think this is the biggest advice I can give away on this episode. I think there's a mistake. There's something that people make all the time. You see it and, and you just, it's everywhere. And it said, a lot of people want to be blindly led. Just tell me the steps. How do I, how'd you do it? Let me just blindly do it. And it's like, you got to knock that off people. You got to, you got to stop trying to follow everybody else's exact path. That's their plan. And your job needs to be, how do you develop the ability to create your own plan? So when I can get on a call with Zach and be like, Great. You want to do 50 grand doing this coaching program and here, okay, here's the offer. Great. Okay. He knows what to do. He can go out there and create a plan to get that because he knows the principles and stuff like that. But what we need to spend more of our time doing is having an awareness, a finger on the pulse of what's going on in the marketplace. And I'll tell you one thing, what is going on in not just the marketplace, but the world all comes down to time because it's kind of coming up as a theme here. People are all experiencing and complaining about what? Not having enough time. They're overwhelmed. Why are we overwhelmed? Because there's not enough time in the day. And so whatever you offer to the marketplace, I think the number one thing that you should be looking to serve is how do you solve that problem for people? In everything you do, from an email to a webinar to an offer to whatever it is you have, how is this helping them get more time back in their day? How am I saving them valuable, valuable time and come from that place. Cause that's what everybody wants right now. And that transcends every market. That's what everyone is going through on some level is I just don't have the time. People are buying courses. I don't have the time to go through this, let alone the time to do this. They are, I don't have the time to even check my email anymore. I don't have the time to read this article. What can you do to fix that first? How can you save time for people and people are going to pay for that. So I wanted to throw that out. No, I think, I think that that's, that's great. And I mean, we even just did a promotion where we followed up with people. And that is one of the main objections people didn't buy. I just yep. don't have time to do it. And yeah. so we've started creating processes to do just that. How do we overcome that time issue so that people aren't withholding because they don't think they have the time? 
why do you think people love podcasts so much? We all know that 95% of the people listening to this episode right now are doing two other things at once right now. <laughs> exactly. They're doing, they're doing the dishes or they're cleaning their office and they're checking Facebook while they're listening to this because they don't have time. I get it. I see you. I know <laughs> doing. <laughs> I love but it. I think that that's, I think that's, that's, what that's people, amazing. That's what people are going through right now. And it's like, a, it's a serious, serious thing. So, which is why one of our future episodes on my podcast will be how to stop time. Oh, I'll be listening and linking it up. Awesome. Well, I think that there's so much good stuff here, but I think that the one big thing to take away that I I was so excited to have you on the show because I knew this would happen. Like I knew in my gut it would happen that I'd be like, oh, tell us a little bit about yourself. And we'd throw the numbers out and then the numbers wouldn't matter. Because very rarely when I get the chance to hear you discuss something or we get a chance to have a conversation... It's very rarely around numbers. We set goals up front, but then ultimately this momentum, this growth, it comes from mindset. And it comes back to what you said about the engine is, you know, it really doesn't matter how great you get that launch process if you're trying to do it with the 1997 engine. You'll just never get through the process anyway. Don't get me wrong. The reason it sounds like it's not about the numbers when you talk to me is because I'm normally a numbers guy. So I'm a very left brain person by nature. So I was you know, raised very logical, very math oriented, very numbers. I know all my numbers. I mean, I, we're in the middle of a launch right now, Zach. I can tell you how many leads we have. I can tell you what every page is converting at. I can tell you what our best and worst ads are performing. I can tell you what my projected numbers are. I can tell you the open rate of every email. I know I have my finger on the pulse of this entire multiple six-figure launch at every moment. But I know that for me, what I discovered in my journey and now my message is that that's not enough that knowing the numbers is vitally crucial and important. But you can give someone all the numbers and how to measure the numbers. And there's like, for a lot of people, there's still something missing. And I've always asked, like, what is that? And when I, if we go back to this engine example, you know, some people are just, they're playing a small game. And they want the big game, but they don't know how to step into that. They don't know what's getting themselves in the way or what's sticking them from playing a bigger game. And the answer is always, it's us. It's always ourselves. It's, it's our, it's our beliefs. It's our mindset. It's how we see our business. It's how we see the audience. And, and for me, like I had a year, it was 2014. That's what I call my breakthrough year in business. That's really what I try and help people. That's what my podcast is about is helping people create a breakthrough year in life and in their business. And there were some massive things that, that happened to triple revenue hit seven figures in, in nine months. And one of them, like we mentioned at the beginning, was less is more, right? Focus, like what if you gave 100% of you to a project, to something that you truly believed would be super successful? And we, we rarely do that. Like even when I try that, I still come out at the other end. I'm like, man, there's still a lot more I could have done. You know, that could have even done better. But I think it's dangerous for us to spread ourselves too thin. And I should be taking my own advice here. But I try to take my own advice. That was one thing. I think another thing for me is definitely from a left brain side, scaling becomes massive, right? So less is more is one, which means put yourself, let's come up with a list of a few of these. Okay, so less is more is one. Number two is scaling. So I scaled in my paid advertising. I scaled in my, you know, using Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, retargeting. Okay. And I scaled by using joint venture partners. So scaling means more traffic, getting more people to see my offers. And then number three was price raising. 
right? Raising your prices. And again, I think for me, raising my prices was such a shift. And we have an episode on my podcast about this because it's very easy for me to sit here and just say, we'll go raise your prices. And then you guys are like, what? how do I do that? And, and, you know, people feel like they need permission to do that. They, they're afraid that if they raise your price, they're going to get the rejection. They're going to get the no, they're going to fail. And for me, raising my prices came from two sides. First of all, understanding, really getting the value that I was offering to my audience. And number two, realizing that higher prices attract better quality people. We've done the whole tripwire thing, like selling a $7 report and stuff. And I get refunds on a $7 report. <laughs> like who refunds a $7, which, which we give like a bonus and a video with it. Like we over deliver on $7. And we've had people say like, hey, can I get my money back? I, I would like a refund, please. $7, you know, and then you have someone who like our mastermind, which is, you know, 20 plus thousand dollars. You're getting people that you can have a 20 minute conversation with and then they go out and make like 50 grand or something. Big difference, right? So it was like, okay, I need to raise my prices. Those were three big ones. But then the overall theme was really starting to approach my business less from a place of a fear of stepping on any toes, ruffling any feathers. I worried a lot about what others thought about me. I didn't want to rock the boat. And really approaching it like arms wide open, 100% lean in, give it everything I got. Don't care what other people say. You know, it's not going to stop me from me getting mine and living the life that I want. And you combine all of that stuff, you get a little mindset, but you also get the, you know, the left brain momentum. And like the funny thing is we start doing that and it's like the momentum creates momentum. You know, like one launch opens up huge doors and opportunities for other stuff, putting your name on the map more, listening to your audience from that offer creates your idea for the next product. I mean, that's a very funny thing is at the end of the day, like you have to take that action. There has to be some playing the game on, I don't know if you've read any Brene Brown, which she talks about playing the game in the arena. As a lot of us are sitting there buying courses going on webinars and reading all these, hanging out in Facebook groups all day, but we're still sitting up there in the stands with our opinions and sitting there saying, oh, I know this already. Or, oh my gosh, this guy's story and his webinar is 20 minutes long and I want to learn something new. But we're just, that's it. We're just learning. The only way you can really learn is by doing. And I think, Zach, to see your growth so fast, like six figures in six months, is because you just said, I'm just going to do it. I guarantee everybody here, I will bet whatever you want. You're going to, you're going to have a much more effective education in the doing of it than the buying every course, learning everything. Now it's nice to do both. It's nice to have a guide and a workbook or a course and do the work. But we learn so much from every single launch promotion project that we do. And it's invaluable. You can't learn that real stuff. You can't have that real education until you're doing the work. So that's the final piece. I do love it. it. Do it. Awesome. So let's wrap it up with some, some rapid fire questions. So what's one thing that someone can do after listening to today's episode to move their business forward? Oh my gosh. What's one thing that they could do to move their business forward? I have like 10. I think it starts with whenever I get like lost or confused, I always say, what do I want? I would answer that question. Say, what do I want and why? I'd get clear and specific. If you don't, if you say, I don't know, 
that's a BS answer, but I would say blur it. What's the essence of what you want? We all know what we want. So if you don't know the specifics, what's the essence? What's the theme? Is it like, well, I, I want to make this much money and I want to do it by doing this type of work and I want to work that many hours and blah, 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 and get clear on that and see what you can do from that place to create a plan on how to accomplish that. Stop looking at what everybody else is doing and say, oh, this guy's got this going on. Okay, let's reverse engineer, figure out what he's doing and let's do it and say, what do you want? That's his plan. I mean, I've seen people copy and replicate other people's businesses and strategies and fail miserably. It's not your plan. It's theirs. It worked for them because it worked for them. You have to uncover what's going to work for you. No amount of courses really do that. Like you have to, you have to, at the end of the day, just get in there, get your hands dirty and do the work. But it starts with what you want. Awesome. And what does the word hustle mean to you as it applies to business? I'm excited for this answer. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I knew you'd be asking this. I think what it means to a lot of people is why I try to poo-poo it a bit. Because I think to a lot of people, hustle just means if I work hard enough, then I will deserve it. And I think that's totally bogus. Okay. You can be the hardest working person in the world. It doesn't make you any more deserving of anything because you already deserved it from the first place. So to me, here's my definition of hustle. My definition of hustle is doing that thing that is just outside your comfort zone that puts you in a place of uncertainty, but allows you to discover what you're really capable of. It's that step, that leap, that action item that you have to take that's a little scary for you, that's a little out of the comfort zone, but in doing so, you get to discover who you really are. Whether that's getting on a, a webinar and closing, whether that's speaking on stage for the first time, whether that's drastically raising your prices and getting on a strategy call and confidently pitching your offer to somebody, whether that's a client meeting, whether that's a cold call, whatever it is, but it's doing that thing that you know you need to be doing that's not hard. We're not talking about it being hard and full of blood, sweat, and tears. It's only hard because you've either never done it before or it's, it's just a little scary. It's just a little outside your comfort zone. And being able to do those things. For me this year, one of those things was promoting the $25,000 mastermind. It was announcing that I had a new podcast. Those were things that were outside of my comfort zone, things that I had my resistance around. I did it anyways because I've been doing this for so long and I can recognize when that fear comes up, when you're having resistance and you just got to learn, you got to develop that muscle to say, screw it and do it anyways. So that's my definition. Awesome. I like that answer. <laughs> and the last one is tell us where we can find out more about you. Yeah. So, you know, I have a great podcast that we just came out with. I mean, you know, it's, I think it's great. I think <laughs> it's pretty good too. <laughs> I, I love it. I'm, we're really happy with it. I do it with the, my co-host Phoebe Morochak. You can learn more about the podcast over at mindyourbusinesspodcast.com. That's where I'd love to send people to. That podcast talks about the mindset of business. Like, you know, I told you I'm very left brain. So we have all the tactical, the strategies, the numbers, all the nerdy stuff from Facebook ads and stuff. But what I've really seen is, is lacking is just people have a lot of fear. They don't, have that belief in themselves. That's something that I've really developed and been fascinated by. And I just really want to give people access to that so that they can 
they can attack their business from both sides, both the left brain strategy and the right brain belief in themselves. Yeah, it's been great so far. So mindyourbusinesspodcast.com. Awesome. And we will link that up in the show notes, which I will give you guys a link to in just a second. But James, I want to give you a big thank you again for coming on today. It's been an awesome show and I cannot wait to publish it. Thank you, Zach. I can't wait to hear it. So what did I tell you? Not a bad interview. (laughs) Am I right? So I want to recap some of the stuff that James talked about because this was, I said it at the beginning and I'll say it at the end. This was probably one of the better interviews we've done because we talk about, you know, all kinds of stuff on the show and numbers, but you know, James was able to kind of tap into this, like how to create unstoppable momentum. And there were so many little nuggets in here that, you know, I'm the kind of person who listens to podcasts while I'm walking or at the gym or, you know, just when I'm driving, when I have downtime, but I would encourage you to go back and listen to this while you're actively engaged in the podcast. And I know that that's a big ask, but honestly, there was one thing in here that James said that stood out to me, which was a lot of people equate time to money. And that's just not what it is. And, you know, he talked about, you know, defining your value and the analogy with the bridge was so amazing. And he talked about how you might be operating like a car from 1974 instead of like a car from 2016, like the electric car developed by Elon Musk. And he talks an analogy, so obviously I like that. But there was just so much good stuff in here. And if there's one takeaway, if there's just one takeaway that like really stuck out to me, it was figure out how to get people their time back and just believe it'll work. You know, at the very core, we want to help people get more time. They want their time back. That's the problem that a lot of us solve as online marketers. We're giving people their time back. And once you tap into that and you figure out how to 100% believe in you and believe in the vision that you're striving for, it all comes together. And I know that, you know, we wrap these shows up and usually it's so like rapid fire, but this show just, it had me think. And I just hope that it really got the wheels turning in your head. As promised, you can get all the links, including the links to James' podcast over at heartsoulhustle.com forward slash 16. So again, heartsoulhustle.com forward slash 16. That'll give you all the show notes, the links to James' podcast, which is a great show, by the way. Personally recommend it. And you guys get out there and start creating some unstoppable momentum. Find your one bridge and build it. Because the reality is, It's your time. You have everything you need right now. Just go for it. I hope you really enjoyed this episode and I cannot wait to come back next week with even more great content. Thanks for listening to the Heart, Soul, and Hustle podcast. For more great stuff, be sure to visit heartsoulhustle.com.